Welcome to the Returning to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Michelle Leonard. Here, we're leading people to cultivate joy through storytelling. We hope listening will reveal pathways to unlocking the healing power of connection so that you can see your relationships and the world around you transformed from fractured into flourishing. Man, it is always a joy and an honor to show up right here with you guys. In this episode, I'm really excited about, I have asked my brother and executive director of Wildfire Network, Taylor Rogers, to interview me. So Wildfire Network is a organization that exists to help the dreams of Jesus come true in and through his people. So it's a beautiful collective of diverse people that are responding to what God's put in their heart to do in unique and authentic ways. And I thought, man, who better to ask me some questions about the heart behind returning to joy than Taylor Rogers, who has been so crucial in supporting me and um, the development of this ministry. Because if you didn't know, Wildfire, um, not Wildfire, Returning to Joy, or RCJ for short, is not just this podcast, but it actually is a ministry. And as we continue to um, listen to the Lord and be responsive to God, what are you building and doing? We're adding more organizational structure and more offerings and just showing up with people. And it's been a beautiful working thing. And, and I'm just excited for you to hear a little bit more of the heart there. So... Let me step out of the way so you can hear this episode. Okay, so I'm here in the Wildfire Network podcast recording studio with Gabrielle Leonard, founder and starter of a mission called Returning to Joy. Mm-hmm. So um, I just said it was a mission. I realize that's a technical name for mm-hmm. Wildfire Network ministry partners and people who are really part of that network. But you know, you might talk about it as a church or a ministry or a movement, or mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you would talk about or what you would say returning to joy is, but that's really my first question for you. What is returning to joy? It's a good question to start off with. It's a practical one. What is returning to joy? Um, that has been a question that I've been asking the Lord for the last two years. Uh, returning to joy is a responsive movement to the Lord. It's a movement space of bringing other people into what it means to walk relationally with God in the way in which he intended, I believe, even just from from creation, you know, just for us to walk in the relational intent of the Lord, where that affects the way that we relate with one another and the way that we relate with, with ourselves. That's really, that's a great answer. One of the things I heard you say that, that seemed like a pretty tight description uh-huh. was when you said returning to joy is a responsive movement. And then how did you finish that off? Yeah. That returning to joy comes from a place of understanding that the very, the very pain that we see in the world, the things that frustrate us, the things that are complex, that are hard, the things that are ailments within our very own soul, returning to joy comes from this place of recognition of we're going to respond to the fact that the Lord is actually aware of those very same things too, and actually has a redemptive plan and solution for those things. Those are not, and so because a lot of times, like I know I've done it, doing it in different ways and unlearning, we can 
try and go out and do from the place that is more responsive to pain than it is to the presence of God in that pain. Living from the responsiveness to pain is not sustainable for what the Lord wants to do in the earth, but living it with responsiveness to the heart of God to that pain is sustainable. And so it's it's return to joy is this movement by which we're trying to disciple and teach and, and train. How do you shift to doing things in that manner and in that way? If you're if you're listening to this uh, recording, you know I'd encourage you to go back to the beginning and listen to Gabrielle's answer again. I think in that you'll find uh, a package that includes salvation, that includes mm-hmm. the kingdom, that includes redemption that includes fellowship and mm-hmm. communion. And there's a lot of things that often get framed in like classical terms of Christianese that I felt like you expressed in a very authentic way that to me echoes of the upper room when mm-hmm. Jesus did clearly express yeah. his own desire. Yeah. Right? I've, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that yeah. your joy may be complete. Yeah. And, and and this is the same one f- who endured that pain of the cross, yeah. not because of the pain, but for the joy set before him. Yeah. The next question I have uh, has to do with returning to joy right now. Okay. What does returning to joy do now in terms of current offerings and resources? Yeah. Right now, Returning to Joy offers Cultivate Joy sessions, and that's a space where people can just have a one-on-one time where I'm like facilitating them in a conversation with the Lord that really does end up looking like the Lord being counselor, being like the good, being a good shepherd in a tangible way, and also being coach for them where he really do find he does something that unlocks just what is needed within their heart. And so, um, so every session ends up looking differently. People can do just a one-off session. People can do like several sessions with those. Um, I've also done, they're offering something called showing up together sessions. And it's basically for teams that they feel a sense of a disconnect or there's just a desire for there to be, um, a deeper level of oneness among them. There's a where they're like, man, like we don't want a false sense of unity. We don't want um, mm. to have diverse voices at the table and then not know how to utilize and bring those voices out to the surface. And so um, those sessions with teams, I think, just really help cultivate the kind of environment that breeds um, space for people to show up together well. And so that's what those sessions are. And then... Um, as, a, as a ministry leader who really understands the, the purposes of God and the, the beauty and effectiveness of diversity mm-hmm. in creation, mm-hmm. and then humanity as a reflection of that and really the kingdom of God yeah. as, as portrayed throughout Scripture yeah. um, seems to also reflect that as... You know, also a person who is aware that as a leader, I've often neglected to implement that. Mm-hmm. And many of the environments in which I've been led have have neglected to implement mm-hmm. that sort of diversity. And, and, and I feel like right now there's an awareness among church leaders, Christian leaders, yeah. pastor friends that I have. There's an awareness of a desire to experience mm-hmm. more of what God has yeah. through the diversity of his people. Yeah. But there seems to be a, a lack of knowledge as to how to do that other than giving a person of color or giving someone a in a minority table. a seat at mm-hmm. the table. And it, it 
it does seem to be the case that sometimes just bringing someone to a table with the same settings as before, the same table sure. as before, sometimes ends up causing hurt to that person and you actually still miss out For sure. on what God intends. And it, it sounds like the kind of sessions that you're talking about doing um, have been productive or helpful for there being a, a like an authentic, I think you mm-hmm. said, authentic. Where or, there's not incongruencies with okay. like the value of the organization and what's actually being lived out, what's being experienced among the group, for sure. That's cool. So, so uh, sorry to interrupt. You were talking about the individual sessions mm-hmm. and coaching, and then you were talking about showing up together. Which is more of a group deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's a desire to... Um, put more resources on the website. So I'm really excited about that. There's still things that are being work, worked on. Something that's like continually being worked on is um, something I'm calling grieving with God. Because just like the last like two years, I think multiple people would feel a sense of resonance with that um, statement. But that's definitely, there's that's been one space that I've been in with the Lord of Wrestle and of him discipling me in what it looks like to grieve in his presence um, and, and, and come out on the out on the other side, like basically kind of continue in that process and rhythm. And it looks different for everyone grieving does, but there is, there are things that can like help in continuing along. And so I'm excited about when that's available, but um, yeah. I'm also excited about that. Um, One of the things that um, I have found in my own in my own experience, having been brought up majority culture, white male, you know, evangelical Christian, that the the space for lament is short lived. Mm-hmm. You know, we are extremely yeah. quick with the tissues <laughs> if if they're there at all. Yeah. Um, and many other cultures, certainly the African American community, mm-hmm. I have witnessed really being able to be present in a grieving space Mm -hmm. in a way that honestly to me looks more like the kind of things I read about from the the Hebrew and the Jewish people Mm. in scriptures with regard to mourning, grieving, lament. And so I I would be excited for your voice and for the ministry of RTJ to be able to, um, to impact, to, you know, not necessarily infiltrate, but to um, to germinate, yeah, you yeah. know, into the um, this zeitgeist that we're in right now, because yeah. there is such a need for lament and grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a real lack of awareness as to uh, like how or how what that? or why. Yeah. And so I'll, I'm very excited for that resource. Me too. I, th- I think even both like from in an this... individual perspective, but then also in a corporate sense. And yeah. what would you speak to that for just a moment about kind of the, the nature of individual mm-hmm. and corporate mm-hmm. and, and how that comes into play when you think about resources that, that return to joy would be. Yeah. Um, there's definitely this place of a, of a, of a constant both and that try to function in there's an awareness of there's times when you've got to speak to the individual because the Lord sees the individual. He sees the one. And um, and there's something that the Lord can do and does in, in one heart that sparks something in another. And so trying to be very much so um, intimate and specific in the way we speak to the one and providing resources for the one in their own private time with the Lord. But then also mindful of there's ways that we've done a disservice to, you know, most devotionals are like 
are directed at like, hey, one person reading this for themselves. And it's and it's very much so I centric language. And so there's there's yes, there's a need. But then there's also this balance where it's like we also need healing is also a communal thing. It's not just individual. Um, and so there's a need. You have to speak to the community and you have to speak with God is doing with to what God wants to do and is doing among the whole, because I actually find that sometimes the disconnected that we feel some of the symptoms that we're finding in our own lives as individuals are actually because of the disconnect to the whole, because there's a sense of cut offness from the body. And so there's a desire as well to, to make sure that we don't do a disservice, but we serve well and provide resources that are community minded of thinking like, no, we're talking to a we and we're serving a we because that is also needed for the health and wholeness of the one and the and the health and wholeness of the one is also needed for the health and wholeness of the whole. And, you know, like and so when we read scripture um, to think about not just our perspective and think about, OK, what what role and place would we assign ourselves, which is usually the main character, usually the awesome one. But just thinking about what would it look like if we decentered ourselves in that story, in the stories that we're reading in scripture and centered someone else and, and asked the Lord, Lord, like, what could this scripture be doing in this person's heart? If this person's the center and it wasn't, and it wasn't me, those things only strengthen our relationship to, to the Lord even. I really appreciate that. That's a great way of understanding kind of what lies behind what we see, which we just see the current offerings mm-hmm. or the forthcoming ones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can seem to be aimed at different groups. Like mm-hmm. this is an event that's for the community or for a group, or this is a group experience, yeah. or this is maybe seems to be a high on the surface, mm-hmm. a highly individualized personal spiritual journey. Yeah, And I, you know, if you look at RTJ and, w- and what it is, it's it's difficult to pigeonhole as to one or the other. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you just gave a really articulate way of, of connecting them and explaining why that's what we see. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that. One thing just to add a, a story to that, because it is one of the places where that's when thinking about scripture and Bible study, where 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 some of that's coming from is when I was in the Philippines um, there was at one point when in, in Manila, there was at one point I'd like walk down the sidewalk a little ways from, from the home that I was staying in. And I felt like the Lord led me to open up the scripture. And as I'm opening it up and it's, and it's one of David's Psalms, it's, you know, slipping my mind now in this moment, I think maybe Psalms 13 or 16, where he's like, how long, oh Lord, you know, like, will you forget me? And will my enemies rise up against me? Right. Like not so, not a narrative, not uh, connected to David at different times. But I remember reading that and I started reading the scripture and then all of a sudden I got maybe a couple of voices in and I just felt the Lord said, nope, start again. And instinctively there was a sense of, I'd never thought this way before, but instinctively there was this sense of, oh, I get what's happening. I'm David in this moment. And I've, I've just, I've just put myself as David immediately. And immediately when he said, nope, start again. I started back up from the top and then I began to look around and I felt like he pointed out this guy who was like crouched down on his knees, making like working with cement. I think he was like making bricks or something. And he said, I want you to read this psalm from that guy's perspective. And it was like this. Okay. And so then now if I'm reading this psalm with this, this guy's perspective, it even asked me, it, it begged the question. I had to ask some hard questions about like, wait, who am I? Do I have a place in this story? If I'm not David, this guy's David, then where am I? You know, like Mm. if this guy's crying out, Lord, 
what if, what does this look like if he's crying out, Lord, how long will you forget me? What does that mean for my role in my relationship? And is there even a sense of the Lord's response is not delayed because the Lord is delayed, but there is a sense of like he uses like we're a part of his response in the earth. So there was just there was just a wrestle, regardless of where you land, simply because of decentering myself in that story, I had to wrestle in a way that I wouldn't have had to wrestle before. And so that just it was a striking moment for me that it was never discipled in me before. And so it was just mm. like, whoa, what would that look like for this to be one? Definitely felt a conviction of I need this to be a more regular practice in my mm-hmm. study of and reading of the scriptures of not so quickly centralizing myself in the mm-hmm. sense of this is about me. I'm the main character here. To go on a tour, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So I've heard you mention uh-huh. that God is often at work in a person long before anyone can see it. Yeah. How was God working in your life prior to returning to joy that we can now see expressed in this ministry? Oh, that's a great question. There's one story. I think it's connected. And like, you know, share something else, too, if, if it's not connected enough. You can follow up. But one image that I can't get out of my mind is... Um, it is, I was in, I think I was in college at this point, and I, I came back home. I was at my dad's apartment, and I think my my little sister was there, my older brother was there, um, possibly my older sister as well, too. I think it was pretty much everyone in my immediate family except for my mom, and I remember there was, I can't remember what was going on, but there was just chaos. Like, it, there, there was a very intense argument that was going on. Um, I think my little sister left the house. I think for a second there, actually, I actually think we weren't sure if she ran away. Weren't sure if, um, cause we weren't sure where she went in the, in the level of intensity of that moment. It was very much so it could be factor that grace just dipped. She just left. And so, and I remember in that moment, I, broke down to my knees and I just started weeping and crying and also like praying loudly, just loudly praying. And it wasn't a show. It wasn't, I'm pretty sure like some, I'm pretty sure some people in the moment would have thought it was a show. Maybe I don't know, but it was just this, like, I am so beyond overwhelmed in this moment. And all, all, all I could do was pray. Like all I could do, all I could do was pray. And there is this sense of, powerlessness um, and there is this sense of it's not supposed to be this way it doesn't have to be this way there is just this discontent this like uh, like I don't I'm so done with I didn't have it didn't feel like this I didn't have any blaming there wasn't someone in my mind of like whose fault it was like I said I don't even necessarily remember what all happened or or was there a person wrong or many wrongs there was just a sense of like just like even even the sense of like I don't even feel separate from this. I feel a part of it. I feel very much feel a part. It's not even like a y'all are the issue and I just wish I could get, like step out of this. But it was this like I think this was this heart cry of God. Do you hear? God, where are you? Like, like do you see this? And I think those were moments that there's always been in me this sense of. God, do you see the discontent, the chaos and the turmoil like of your people? 
do you see and I'm, and I'm and I'm not necessarily even speaking specifically to speak like we were all Christians in that room, but even just thinking about the like chaos of the world, like and it's like God, like do you see this? Where are your where have your eye where are your eyes here? And but also too this huge this outcry to him because there also was this internal sense of like only you have the power to like step in here and I do think you actually are within earshot I actually do think just thinking about there's an old like Hebrew proverb I think or something like that when they're like they could tell how long a child had been without their parent because it's like if the child is barely calling out and it's a whimper then they know that that parent has been gone has abandoned that child for Lord knows how long because the whimper the still the small yelp is because the child doesn't really believe an answer is going to come anymore but the child who's screaming loudly, who's like, you know, top of their lungs, still yelling out, mom, mom, dad, dad, are you there? That mom, that parent, that dad is 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 actually probably not far gone because that child still believes mm. that it could that its cry could be answered. And so I think there's there is this. There is this wrestle. There's always been this wrestle and this tension and also a cry believing that. Lord, you actually want to and will and are the only one that can answer here. And you are the one that we need to answer. And I think that in walking with the Lord, there's been this, he's taken continually and still on this journey of realizing his answer hmm. and realizing he, he is with, he is responding. And even the promise of like, I will give, like, the the hope that we long for for the Lord to accomplish and even the sense of like his his promise and his solution in those places of deepest darkness and pain of him being like I am the answer and it, it just there's a connection for me there's a forever connection of the deepest darkness in the world the deepest pain in the world and the answer and response of God That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I think that it is a, a testimony to the faith that the Lord had cultivated in you at that point in your life, that you would be capable of, of feeling the wrongness of that disconnection, of that lost one, mm -hmm. right? Jesus hinted at that when he was talking about a lost sheep. Mm -hmm. I know people are like, oh, it's a sheep that's lost. What's the big yeah. deal? You got 10,000 sheep. In the story, even, Jesus is talking about, you guys got 100 sheep. You got one lost. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. 10 coins. You got one lost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but the, the heart of that series of stories is when Jesus was like, yeah, but you got two sons, and then one gets lost. Yeah. Man, you feel that. Yeah. Or at least... At least God, as portrayed in the father of the prodigal son, yeah. feels that, right? Mm. And I think that it's, yeah, a testimony just to the unique work and, and even calling that God has given you that you would be capable of feeling that brokenness in that moment, right? Mm. That is a, a really accessible and like it's it's actually when I hear that, I'm able to interject my own moments of cry, mm. longing pain, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. whether they're my own or ones that I've shared yeah. with other people. In hearing that story, it's 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 inviting into that, and then it also is inviting to that same faith that mm-hmm. trusts that God is near, yeah, and that God is able and desiring to do something about the yeah. very pain that I'm expressing. And I think that's a wonderful way of talking about the origin story of returning to joy. Where is this coming from? That's where it's coming from. Yeah. So praise yeah. God. Amen. That's that's all the questions that I had. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for interviewing me. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I am deeply grateful. I hope this episode resonated with you. And if it did, help us out by sharing this episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Most importantly, reach out to let me know how you're engaging with this episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can connect with us on social media or get in touch with me directly at Gabrielle at returningtojoy.com to share your heart. I'll see you in two weeks for a new episode.